Welcome to the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, I'm Al Adamson. Thank you for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast. Today, I'm with Sarah Johnson. She's the Vice President of Enterprise Surveys and Analytics at Perceptics. She has been a longtime influencer in this space, thought leader, has great use cases for how employee surveys can positively impact the worker experience as well as organizational outcomes. Sarah, thanks for being with me today. Thank you very much for having me, Al. I'm excited to uh, be part of this conversation. Now, Sarah, you're educated, among other places, at The Ohio State University. (laughs) Indeed. That institution has put out some great IO psychologists and, and people who have made great impacts in this field. So if you would, share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and in turn, Perceptics. Yeah. Ohio State really was, and actually a lot of the Big Ten universities were sort of the cradle of IO psychology. So it was exciting to be part of a, a long legacy of individuals who had a huge impact on organizations. After I left Ohio State, I started my career at Procter & Gamble, had the opportunity to work on an organization survey at P&G. And after I left P&G, I moved over to IBM, where I also worked on organization surveys, initially working for Alan Kraut in what was then called personnel research. And the reference to personnel dates me a little bit. But we did some great stuff, really strategically focused, focused on providing great insights to leaders about what was going on in the organization. I was at IBM for about 10 years, eventually came back to survey work where I, I spent my last few years before I left IBM, then headed up to Eastman Kodak, where I um, also led their, their survey function. What's interesting is that in the 30 plus years that I've been in the space, I've had opportunities to go into different areas of HR. I mean, I, I did work for a time in compensation. I worked in employee relations. I did some resource planning, but I always came back to surveys. And the reason I did is because I firmly believe it is the most strategic thing that a human resources organization can do. I mean, what other function is there in, in human resources where you have the opportunity to be in front of senior leaders, where You can work with data from every employee within the organization on topics that, if you plan it right, are of enormous strategic value to the organization. So what better place to be than as someone who is that that trusted advisor to the senior leaders within the organization? So I decided at the end of my Kodak career to become a consultant, and I've been consulting for the past 15 years. And trying to help organizations see the value of the survey beyond just measuring engagement, but truly driving strategy and driving HR analytics. With that in mind, the survey has changed significantly, obviously, with the use of technology. And going back to the early 2000s, even, there's a lot of paper-based surveys. Mobile had not become prolific and the mm-hmm. frequency of the surveys was mostly you know once a year so now can you speak to how the level of insight is being elevated with the leveraging of technology and in most cases or not most cases maybe in your opinion but the more frequent use of getting employee sentiment can you speak to that a little bit yeah absolutely and you're right i mean back in the day doing an employee survey was was really a heavy lift. I mean, it was all paper-based. Hierarchies had to be 
created as, as really diagrams within an organization. Employees self-coded their demographics, self-coded their place in the organization, sometimes correctly, sometimes not correctly. It was a long time to get to get the work done. Technology has eased the process. It's made the ability to collect data faster. It has increased the time required to report the data. But more importantly, I think, than the speed of the process, technology has enabled us to link together, to stitch together different databases, different types of surveys that allow us to look across events in an employee's life, those moments that matter, to be able to follow an individual through the organization. And it's allowed us in real time to really drill into the results of the data, to follow the path of the data, to help us understand those key nuggets of data that provide enormous insights to organizations. You know, the challenge that we see a lot of organizations facing is, you know, technology is a wonderful thing. It has enormously changed the way we work, all of us. But one of the challenges I see with organizations is just because you can do something technology-wise, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should do something. So where I see organizations struggling is, so now technology enables me to do all kinds of surveys. Okay, great. But should you do all of those surveys? Do you have the capacity to manage all that data? Do your senior leaders have a sense of how do I make good use of it? Do we have a mechanism for feeding the data back to employees? So it's very important to think about not just how often I want to do it, but really think through what is it we're trying to accomplish as an organization. You know, figure out the methodology after you figured out why you want to do this in the first place. It goes without saying, but let's say it explicitly for our, our listeners to level set. There is a scarcity of talent in most industries, in most companies. So the need to retain talent, particularly high value talent, is a top priority. At least that's the language C-level executives are placing on it. There's also a similar challenge to recruit talent, and that relates to the Mm -hmm. employment brand, the employee value proposition. So going back 10 plus years, I am frankly shocked in a pleasant way how much innovation has happened in this employee survey space. And there are a lot of smaller players and they are making inroads and disrupting a lot of the more established players. So my pointed question to you, given this obvious need and obvious energy around Mm -hmm. employee surveys, engagement, sentiment, all that, is what are some of the distinguishing characteristics among these providers? You know, what is it the survey questions? Is it the ability to drive meaningful change? What is it from your perspective? It's a lot of things. I mean, it's easy to write a program that produces surveys, and collects data. I mean, a lot of programmers can do that. But in order to really provide insights and change within the organization, a number of elements have to exist in whatever tool you decide to use. Obviously, you want to be able to collect the data. There is no magic set of questions that will get every organization exactly the right data. So you need to work with an organization that that guides you in terms of figuring out what do we need to know in this company. There needs to be a way to get that data in the hands of the right people and not just giving it the data to the right people, but giving each individual group exactly the kind of data that they need. So maybe less data for a first-line manager. So 
he or she can very quickly read through the results, make sense of it, and take action. Potentially much more data for the leader of a business unit or the leader of the organization who really needs to drill into a lot of demographic cuts, link in additional data and understand all those details. There needs to be an element that provides guidance to managers to help them figure out, what do I do? It's a big assumption that managers will know how to work with survey data. We know managers are busy. We know they have a lot on their plate. And this may be something they only do once or twice in a year. So we need to provide them guidance on how do you do it? How do you make sense of the data? What's a good plan? What are some of the things that you can do? And how do you have this conversation with your team? But we also need to make sure that there are the tools available that allow users to analyze the data, to make sense of it, to link the data from the survey to HRIS data, to business performance metrics, to other surveys, to tell a complete story about what's going on within the organization. All of these different elements that every organization collects tells one chapter of the novel, if you will. And so we need to be able to combine them in a way that we put the entire story together and can answer the questions that leaders have, but also to provide insights that leaders need to make good data-based decisions about people. So it's, it's about more than just collecting the data. It's about using it in a productive way within organizations. And that, in the language that I've been using, is developing a coherent narrative that inspires mm-hmm. confidence. And so, you know, with that in mind, there has been in my view, a significant delta between the language that leaders have been using for years and the values that they've been putting on a wall or in, you know, some business plan somewhere and the questions that are actually asked of the employees about how they feel about senior leadership and how they feel about their Mm -hmm. immediate managers and teams. In the ideal future state, I would imagine the behaviors that they're putting forth themselves and they're expecting of the organization can and should be measured within these survey instruments. I mean, I Mm -hmm. imagine that's, yeah, of course. However, the actual translation, if you will, of one word like integrity and into Mm -hmm. a survey instrument, thinking about all the different references and integrity or respect, say, with my immediate manager, with my team, with my group, my function, my organization. That's something that you all would do. Can you clarify that? Well, you know, so a good example of, of that is diversity and inclusion. So we have a lot of our clients tell us they want to use the survey to get an assessment of whether or not they have created an inclusive culture. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, you could ask questions about, do you believe this company is focused on inclusion? Or do you believe senior leaders are doing all they can to support a diverse and inclusive work environment? But that doesn't really answer the question. If we really want to understand if an organization has an inclusive environment, we need to focus on the habits and behaviors, the way we interact with each other on a day-to-day basis, because that's going to be the best indication of whether we've created that. So to your point, if an organization has created values that they're espousing and they want to live by, the best way to measure it is not by asking, do you understand them or do you think we live by them, but rather understanding what are the behaviors 
that would reflect each one of those values and measuring the extent to which, as an organization, we behave that way. Do we individually, as employees, act this way toward, toward each other? Is that what you're getting at, Al? Yeah, absolutely. And I get really excited when you talk about habits and behaviors because it's not just that there's a perception by the employees or a manager about whether or not a behavior is good or bad. It's about the mm-hmm. frequency in which is that exhibited. Is that what you're getting at as well? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of organizations are trying to, for example, be more innovative. We'll say, okay, that's terrific. We want to get a sense of whether or not you are, as an organization, supportive of the behaviors that you would find in an innovative organization. So risk-taking and willingness to speak your mind and feeling as though you can challenge other people's ideas and that you could make a mistake with a project and it won't be career-ending. So those are the kind of ways that, that you need to measure that. And, and you know, surveys are really built to provide us those insights. If I'm listening and I'm thinking about how senior leaders are putting forth values, you know, the insights that are generated from a survey based on the questions and constructs that are built within it, it also is at the end of the day going to beg a question around normative data or or benchmarks. What's your personal position on the value thereof? Is internal benchmarking more valuable than external benchmarking? I mean, the narrative around this has been all over the place over the recent years, but what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I've kind of a love-hate thing going with, with benchmarking, to be honest. I mean, on the one hand, I do see the value of it. And earlier in my career, I was a member of the board of the Mayflower Group, as well as ITSG, the Information Technology Survey Groups, two organization-driven groups that have been put together to create survey benchmarks for their for their member companies. So I see the value in having that reference point, that context that helps organizations interpret survey results. On the other hand, I've seen the dark side of the benchmarks. I've seen senior leaders become so obsessed with their comparison to the benchmark, their gap to the benchmark, that that's all they think about when they see survey results. I mean, I remember a CEO saying his objective for the organization was to have industry high levels of engagement, meaning our company is going to have much higher engagement levels relative to the benchmark. Well, okay. I mean, I kind of get the point of that. I mean, you want to be industry leading, that's all good. But is the score and your gap to the score really the way to operationalize that? Because right. I think when you focus on the numbers, you, you, you get what you pay for. People are going to manage the numbers. I think benchmarks are, are, are good. You don't need a benchmark for every question on the survey. You should use it, in my opinion, you should use benchmarks for an elapsed total of about 15 minutes in the whole survey process. You know, just take a look, get a sense of where you are and move on. And over time, your own data, your own history becomes your best benchmark to get a sense of where have we made progress and where have we backslid. But the point is, as hard as it is, this is a difficult concept, I think, for a lot of leaders to understand. Surveys create a lot of data, but it's not about the data. It's about what is the story, to your point about the narrative, what is the story behind this? And how can we use this data to make changes within the organization? It's not the SATs. We're not trying to get a good score. We're trying to use the data to provide direction in terms of what is it we, we need to do. Yeah, I love it. I, I couldn't agree more. And it also, again, for me anyway, begs the question around how much should my survey be unique 
to my organization. Because, you know, again, with normative data, there's standardized questions. You know, I'm just pulling from an existing bank. However, I might be creating a in my view anyway, a unique culture that might require unique questions. Because as I think you'll agree, the survey itself is a communication device. It it shows what is important to me as a leader. So can you speak to that a bit? I absolutely agree that, and that's a point I think that is missed by a lot of organizations. What you ask or what you don't ask on a survey tells employees a lot about what you as a leadership team think is important within the company. And if you don't ask questions, you may give an impression that you're out of touch, that you don't understand what's going on, that you're focused on entirely the wrong things. You know, it's it's a tricky thing. I mean, we at Perceptics, we have a benchmark of about 182 survey questions that cover census survey as well as onboarding and exit surveys. And given the kind of survey that you want to do, a client can select from a wide range of survey topics and a wide range of survey benchmark questions, combine those with with customized questions that suit their uniqueness and come up with a very unique survey that reflects who they are as an organization. One size fits all doesn't fit anyone very well, but you can create something that is unique and reflective of an organization, even using benchmark questions. So if I'm hearing you correctly, if I am shifting my employee survey strategy, or if I'm starting from square one, I should not mm-hmm. just be looking for something that's going to you know, be off the shelf. I should be thinking creatively given the culture I want to create in my organization. Yeah, I think that is absolutely spot on. And, you know, I, I, I think it's very important for every organization before they create a survey, before they put pen to paper to think about what is it we are trying to accomplish with the survey. What do we need to know? How will we use the data? How does the data support what we're trying to accomplish as an HR organization? What are we trying to accomplish as a leadership team? So we always advocate that our clients meet with senior leaders, and we often do it with them, to have a conversation about what data have you found useful? What would you like to know about people? How would you like to use survey data? What are some of the challenges with people that you are facing with your strategy going forward. And then once we know that, then we can identify what are the right topics that we need to include on the survey, and then the kinds of questions that we need to include. And those may include some benchmark questions. They may include custom questions. But the point is, we want the survey to be relevant. You know, to me, that's the number one destroyer of organization survey programs is a lack of relevance. Hmm. If you're providing survey data where the leaders go, oh, that's interesting. I don't know what to do with it. Then why do you do it? But if you can provide data where you really make senior leaders sit up and take notice, like, wow, I didn't know you could find that out. That's what I love is when you talk to a senior leadership team and you present them the data in a way and they go, I had no idea you could figure that out from the employee survey. That, to me, is a win. Begin with the end in mind, in other words. <laughs> exactly. Correct me if I'm wrong from your perspective and experience as well. Many senior leaders, both inside and outside of HR, given their experience, their academic background, specialty, mm-hmm. professionally, they might not know what's possible. Not only with surveys, but the analysis when we bring together different data sets. Would you agree with that as well? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I remember I was interviewing a senior leader at, at one of our client organizations and we were talking about the survey and I asked him, well, well, what would you like to know? What would you like to learn about people from the data that we collect in the survey? And, and there was this pause. And then he said, well, you mean besides engagement? I mean, he had no idea. I mean, he had no idea that there was something more that could be gained from the survey. So when we work with our clients at Perceptics, we always make a point of saying, look, your survey can be the engine of an HR analytics process. And we can collect data that when combined with HRAS data, performance data, business metrics, can do all kinds of important analytics and important research that really feeds senior leaders. And so if you think of the survey strategically, if you think about what it can tell you beyond just engagement, and not that there's anything wrong with just engagement, then you can really blow up the process to truly make it the most strategic part of, of the human resources function. And without going too in-depth on any one of these, but what are some of the stories that you like to uncover? You mentioned DNI mm -hmm. earlier. What yep. are some of the things that you would offer up as what's possible that maybe not everyone thinks of? Yeah. So, for example, a lot of organizations like to do what they call linkage analysis, which is to find the relationship between engagement and business performance metrics. And I think that's great. But it's even better when we can look at the other questions on the survey and understand how they link to other outcomes. So, for example, a few years back was working with a company that provides, you know, their internet service provider as well as providing programming, like a cable company. And we did a study with their customer call center employees. And we were able to pair up their survey results with feedback from their customers. So we were able to understand what are the behaviors in the workplace that have the greatest impact negatively or positively on how satisfied the customer was with that interaction. And what we found was that what employees were telling us was, I need more degrees of freedom to take an action that I think is the right action to address a customer's concerns. So they developed uh, programming and developed kind of rules of engagement that enabled those customer service reps to provide a month of free HBO, to provide a $25 credit, those kinds of things that the employee had the discretion to use. One of the other companies I'm working with has invested heavily in a senior level leadership development program. And actually, they're doing it at multiple levels of the organization, senior level, as well as high potential employees who have not yet moved to, into executive roles. And so what we're able to do is look, kind of bookmark their participation in that program with survey results before they participated and after they participated. And we'll look to see if engagement has increased. But what we're more interested in is how does it impact the dynamics within the organization? Have they been able to delegate more? Have they empowered their, their teams? Have they communicated differently or better? So it really provides an opportunity to evaluate that program and get a sense of, has this investment paid off? I mean, there are dozens of ways that the survey can illuminate all these issues. The trick, though, is, again, to be able to stitch together those different databases so everything can talk to each other. And so the tools that we provide to our clients enables them to 
not only add demographic data and business performance data to their survey database, but also with just a couple of clicks, link their census survey data to onboarding data or to exit survey data and onboarding to exit and so forth. So being able to tie those pieces together tells that complete story. Well, let's pick up on that theme because you all as a firm have been around for quite a while in terms of the employee survey vendor space. And mm-hmm. I, I look back with a smile at, you know, PSYOP and, and other events where many vendors have come and gone. They've been mm-hmm. swallowed up and, you know, it's like you're just this oak tree <laughs> in the space that has, <laughs> you know, been there, keep growing. And so now you are growing, but you've also had a very strong and early position around the employee experience. And you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. moments that matter, and you've been alluding to it throughout. If you can speak to it more directly insofar as why is it important to look at employee survey data over time? Because mm-hmm. obviously it, it varies. But when you look at it from an organizational level, you can effectively see the ebb and flows and how leadership changes and other changes take hold or not. Is that something that you are looking at as an organization? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things that we talk about at Perceptics, one of our philosophies is, is regarding engagement. And what we say is, if the organization is successful, that can be a very positive thing for employee engagement. But it's not always a positive thing for employee engagement. What we say is that employees will engage to the extent that they can anticipate their own degree of success within the organization. So I have to feel as though I can work with smart people, that I can influence decisions, that the organization is investing in my capability and has a future for me. So that sense of anticipation shifts as an individual moves through their career. You know, in your first 12 months with the organization, Everything is brand new. I feel really positive. But as I move into mid-career or even late career, my anticipation of success changes. What I want changes. And so organizations need to track that to make sure that at every point in that employee life cycle, they're able to provide the right tools, the right resources, the right experience to those individuals. And that can differ. What makes it complex is any organization has lots of very different types of employees. What my financial types anticipate to be successful could be very different from what my scientists are looking for. So the ability to parse the data and understand the subtleties is what really drives the right action. There's no point in taking action at a high level of the organization because you'll create an action plan that is so generic that it doesn't serve anyone. You really need to be able to look at the data more finely to figure out what's the right thing to do and where do I need, where do I need to do it? It's complicated stuff to be sure. I love it. And correct me if I'm wrong again, that part of your goal and value proposition is to simplify it and take some of that work, you know, off to organizations that they can focus on, you know, the more high value added activities. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've enjoyed watching you and, and perceptors over the years is that, you know, while you're strong, like an oak tree, I want to also emphasize that you've been agile and creative, you know, mm-hmm. along the way. So as we start to wrap up, can you just share a little bit about Perceptics and how our listeners yeah. can learn more about them? The reason I joined Perceptics was that I saw them 
taking away a lot of my clients in my previous role. And I wanted to figure out what exactly is this group doing that is so appealing to clients? You know, we created a survey program that was really very different from what anyone had done before us. It provided a different way of not only collecting the data and reporting it and using it, but also a different way of thinking about these issues within organizations. This notion that it's about more than engagement, that you need to bring in the strategy of the organization, that you need to create something that is customized and engaging to your employees. And I have to tell you, it is one of the most creative organizations I have ever worked with. We have so many ideas for new directions. And I think that's why we have existed so long is because we are constantly evolving what it is that we do. We are inventing new technologies. We are providing new resources. We're providing new directions in which our clients can go. And we collaborate heavily with our clients. They provide us some of our best ideas for development. To learn more about us, check out our website. We have a ton of resources available. It's perceptics.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. We're also very active on both of those sites, providing lots of resources, events, information from our consulting team and from our marketing team as well. I'm going to say this or ask this tongue in cheek, but will you spell perceptics for everyone, please? Absolutely. I will spell perceptics. It is P as in Peter, E-R-C-E-P as in Peter, T-Y-X.com. I couldn't agree more in terms of the value of the content that you all have been generating and publishing for years. So thanks on behalf of the community for doing that. And you have participated in our most recent event, People on Looks Future of Work London, and mm-hmm. you'll be in Philadelphia and in turn San Francisco late January of next year. So you know, yeah, I appreciate looking forward to it. Yeah, well, well likewise. And yeah, I learn every time I hear from you and your colleagues and look forward to learning more next month. Well, I'm looking forward to participating. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for being here today and look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining the People Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. To find other podcasts, videos, upcoming events, and to join the Global People Analytics Network, please visit us at globalpeopleanalytics.net.